What do you mean? You're done? What do you mean I'm you're done? Here. Fuck this shit. What? Fuck this. I'm what do you? Here. Put your shirt back on. What are you doing? You're taking your. Sh- you're leaving? Yeah, you're just gonna leave. Well, I got, we got a show to do. I can't believe this. I can't show. believe this. You're just. Oh my god. This is the push off. Well, everybody, welcome to your favorite weekly NFL show, the Push Off Podcast. It's where we discuss everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. Something like that, right, Dan? I'm your host, Scott Ogan, <laughs> and joining us as always, it's Mr. Buccaneer's Chagrin, Dan Wright. Um, I can't hear you. I'm sure the mic picked it up, but your headset mic is down, so there oh, you go. There now go. I'll be able to hear you, too. There you go. That's these, right. These headsets, sorry. I was in the middle of the bit still. <laughs> it worked out, though. I love it. Uh, yeah, Dan. Hey, we're here for our first ever, the NFL's first ever week 18. Yeah, this is thrilling. The NFL has never had a play-in game right? like week 18. So like we've never done what baseball does, which is uh, we didn't quite figure it out in the 162 fucking games you had. Let's have another game. To figure that shit out. We're just like, yeah, let's throw another week on there. Make things even more complicated. Um, yeah. Yeah, things... And, like, when you think about it this way, if week 17 had been all we had, we would already have our playoffs. And, like, there's teams that would be in it that have a chance of not being in it as of this Sunday night. It's yeah, pretty crazy. that's true. No, we know 11. We know 11 of the 14 playoff spots now. A whole lot more... Became clear this week, and we'll go over all of it. Uh, as always, you know, week uh, 17 leads you into clinching scenarios and all that good stuff and, and looking forward at the playoffs. So we're going to try not to, you know, we'll try to give week 17 the weight that it deserves. Yes, uh, there were a handful of really good games there, but week 18, oh boy, it's going to be fun to talk about the future and what we have coming up. I'm excited, man. I Like... Listen, neither you nor I had a great week this week, but I was almost able to, like, move the fuck past it, you know, very quickly. (laughs) So, because it's, for the Cowboys, it's playoff time. And for you, you know, not to give away the the game, (laughs) but... That's quite all right. It was over pretty quick. Yeah, and it was over earlier in the week. Yeah. Um, It was... Uh, I, I think I, I explained this to a friend today. I was like, you know what? Um, the one thing that I always think of when my team is, is out of it is like, well, the excitement's still there. The nervous excitement's over, but there's still just pure excitement now. And I can't wait for how, yeah, how it lines up, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. There's uh, teams playing for the rest of this season, you know, making this season worth it. Uh, and they got to play here, yeah, this week 18. Um one more spot left in the NFC, two more left in the AFC, uh, and that's what we want to cover as we go through week uh, 17 and what happened. It's, I mean, honestly, man, the AFC is bananas, absolutely mm-hmm. bananas, but the NFC is like, 
You got two teams. Either one of them is kind of a spanner in the works. Like, I don't want to play either the 49ers or the Saints. Um, no. They're just weird teams, man. I'd much rather play the Eagles or, uh, weirdly enough, I'd rather play the Cardinals again. Okay. Uh, and I'm maybe, interested yeah, in getting to that opinion of yours since you're going to be in there playing them. Uh, and you're kind of into this week for seeding scenarios right now, right? There's not even yeah. too much that'll change. Yeah, I mean, not so much. I mean, so there's three teams. There's the Packers, the Rams, and the Buccaneers. Yep. Uh, the Packers are 13-3, and three, have top spot all clinched up. The Rams, well, basically, they're playing the Lions. The Rams and Buccaneers are both 12-4. No, four. Packers, didn't Packers clinch first over the... I, I believe I'm, I believe they did. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so over. then you, yeah. you have Rams and Buccaneers. Rams are playing the 49ers. Buccaneers are playing the Panthers. So... There's a chance we could, if we beat the Eagles, get the number three seed. But that's it. Like, that's as high as we go. That's not worth, like, playing your starters. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Yeah, it comes down to to who you play next week, and and that comes down to how they play. Yeah, so it it is those those seedings are kind of up in the air. Let's go through all of it. Uh, Before we hit the week... Another passing, uh, Dan Reeves passed this week uh, as the NFL keeps losing uh, big guys that were a part of their history. Dan Reeves, uh, Dan Cowboys, mm-hmm. player coach. Yeah. When you, you know, his last year as a player, he was also the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, continued on his coach from there for the Broncos, the Giants, the Falcons. It's a guy that went to four Super Bowls. Didn't win a one of them, but he went to four with different franchises, entirely different franchises. Like, there's not many head coaches you can say that ever did that. Yeah, he was the head coach of those Dirty Bird Falcons with uh, Jamal Anderson. Oh, yes, like I that. remember those. those. Yeah, I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> that was 98. That was the that was the one year where, as a f- sports fan, you realized, oh, nothing is a given. Nothing oh, is no. going to be handed to you. That oh, was no. the 98 Vikings. Oh, yeah. sorry, but, uh, sorry to bring it up. He was a off. great. He was. A, I mean, I never hated Dan Reeves. You know, Dan no. Reeves is a, a. He was, as far as I understood, stand up uh, individual and a great head coach. Yeah, I mean, he was a good dude. I mean, he was a good running back for the Cowboys. He was never anything electric. I think that's kind of just the, the mark of Dan Reeves. He was always a man of good quality. Maybe not like the greatest available player. Maybe not the greatest available coach, but a man of good quality. Um. You know, I don't know if he deserves to be in the NFL Hall of Fame, um, but he. this is another, like, we don't talk about coaches being in the Hall of Very Good, but he was definitely Hall of Very Good as a coach for a long time. Oh, yeah. um, you know, he was, he was fucking solid, man. He was Broncos coach for, like, 10 years. Uh, I, I did not remember him being the coach of the Giants. I will, I will say that. And then him moving on to the Falcons and having success there was really solid. He he had a lot of success. He just didn't win big games. He was kind of notoriously losing the big games. Maybe uh, a little bit more success in the postseason than say Schottenheimer, but uh, yeah, he was one of those, and that's unfortunate there. But he's still a lot of success, and that's why the uh, the NFL's taking the time to remember him this week, along with Madden and Marius Thomas and all of those guys that they've they've lost here recently. Um, so. We and move I, on. F- yeah. I do have to correct you. Oh, um, what did I say? He did actually win a Super Bowl as a player and a coach for the Dallas Cowboys in 1972. <laughs> that's, okay, that's true. He also won as an assistant coach for a team. He was an assistant uh, uh, yeah, coordinator. Yeah, for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> okay, maybe that's what it was. 
Yeah, that's it. never as a head coach. Oh, no, well, no, the head coach. Is that what you're saying? Dallas was the head coach when he no, no, he was won? just the assistant. That the was assistant. the so that's his it. final year was the year he was a players coach in 1972. Yeah, so he they they beat f- the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Oh boy, uh, so yeah. We uh, we honor a passing of another NFL legend, but uh, let's move into the games. Uh, there was a lot of really good ones, but game of the week uh, stands out because this is a huge one for the AFC. So we'll start in the AFC and uh, talk about their playoff picture as well. The Cincinnati Bengals uh, will not allow the Kansas City Chiefs to just take that first overall seed home with them. No, they they made it a point in. Spoiling the party, 34 to 31. Dan, you picked it. Look at this. We're talking about when you picked the top of the show again. <laughs> uh, this was a really good game. This is back and forth. It was 14 to nothing Chiefs to start, but it was 28 to 17 by halftime. You were like, oh boy, I'm in for a race of a game. And we were. Um, Jamar Chase just going off in this one. Um, 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. He he breaks Justin Jefferson's rookie record just a year after his his old college teammate. And and it is important that he broke it in 16 games. Um, yes. Because there's a lot of these things, you know, uh, Micah Parsons who has COVID, they're like, he could break Javon Curse's record for most sacks as a rookie. I'm like, it's already over. Like, we already hit 16 games. This is this is like a Roger Maris asterisk sort of situation um, where I'm like, I, I don't care about like, th- if you didn't break it, breaking records. Yeah. If you didn't break it in 16, I don't care what's next. If you broke it in 16, I'm excited about week 17 or game 17 to see how far you can push the record out. That's what okay. I want. But if you I'm going to revisit 16, this. Yeah. If you yep. don't break it in 16 games, I don't respect it as much. Break it in 16, push it in 17, then we'll restart the conversation. That's just kind of okay. how I feel. Okay. Um, back to this game. Uh, Joe Burrow, once again, lightening up, 446 oh, yeah. yards and four touchdowns. That's two weeks in a row where he is thrown for nine touchdowns and over 850 yards or some shit. He's like, doing well. <laughs> those I don't, I don't think I've ever seen back-to-back weeks that good uh, in a long time, especially from someone that young. If this strings into the playoffs, good luck stopping this team. You just saw that the Chiefs did everything they could and put all these points on the board to do it. They were close, though. There was this, you know, the drop pass by Hill right before the halftime that would have gotten a more field goal. Um, Some questionable calls down the strip that, uh, you know, even the coach was uh, talking about afterwards you could point at. But, um, all said and done, at the at the end there, uh, the string of events of of wanting to or not wanting to get it in the end zone. I don't know if I agree with Tony Romo and all of his calls saying, "Oh no, you, you can tell the Bengals didn't even trying to get it in there." I was like, "I don't know, Joe Burrow's pushing pretty hard." <laughs> what is he yeah. saying? I didn't understand. So when <laughs> it became one of those things, like just fucking don't do this. Like you don't need to do this. Don't. <laughs> Just fucking kick the field goal, man. Like just the first, the fourth, and goal. Lead. Yeah, the first, fourth, I, and goal. And he drops back. It's a shotgun. He stands there with the ball for a long time. It was like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I, I did not understand that. I didn't get that. And then when there was the penalty, I was like, oh, absolutely. Run this bitch out and just kick the yes. field goal. Like, I get it. That you believe Patrick Mahomes is so dangerous. Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs already put up 31 points on you. 
totally understand why you don't want him seeing the field again. But you've got to get the fucking points on the board. Because you know what yeah. I don't want to do even more than that? I don't want to give Patrick Mahomes a tie game with 50-plus seconds left. That's what I don't want to do. Because he's going to win that fucking thing. I'd yeah. rather him be forced to make the kicker make a big kick to even tie this thing than what they were thinking. I, I did not understand that the Bengals got very lucky at the end of this game to pull this win out, in my mind. Yeah, the, by, you know, second, third, and goal there, you yeah. run the ball in and you go, I have a defense for a reason. Yes, it's a very good offense, and you can, you know, Mahomes can hit, hit Hill down the field and be in field goal range in a blink of an eye. I get that, but at the same time, anything under a minute, go score the touchdown, get your points, yeah. or field goal, whatever you got to do, yeah, and, and live to play another down. That's where I'm with you, too. And um, I, I really would have, if this was a minute plus... A minute and a half, two minutes, I understand exactly where you're talking about. I would rather make them go 99 yards than make them go 30, 40 yards to get into field goal range and start picking me off, you know, and stretch my defense. Sure. But I just didn't understand this. I, I thought it was a bad move by Zach Taylor that wound up working, uh, which is always hard to criticize somebody for an idea that works, but such is life. You picked it, Dan. You pick, You saw this coming that the Bengals would win this one uh over the, the Chiefs, they almost didn't, but it still happened. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you see in the Bengals? So I see Joe Burrow at the height of his powers right now. I see Jamar Chase past the rookie wall. I see Joe Mixon as being a top five running back in this league. I see T. Higgins as being an underrated wide receiver. I see this offensive line as giving him enough time to do what he needs to do. And this defense is a pressure-heavy front. This team is built to succeed in the playoffs and we are in the playoffs as of now we were in the playoffs a couple weeks ago when they beat the ravens it was over for me i'm like Bengals are in it's Bengals all the way well um, now they clinch yeah they clinch the north which is no big feat uh or little feet excuse me it is yeah. a big feat they haven't done it in when when was it probably uh that year where uh probably the chemo von olhoffen year thank you yes that one with um who was their quarterback? Uh, Carson, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer there and, and the, the cheap shots at the end of the game. What a year. But, yeah, they're back in it. Here we go again, Cincinnati. But it's an entirely different team, entirely different decade. Let's see them go. Um, let's move on. Let's keep talking about the AF. Oh, see, so we – yeah. There is one thing. Uh, we You mentioned that Joe Burrow is so good to be so young. Joe Burrow is 25. Do you know how old Patrick Mahomes is? Oh, shoot. What is he, still 23? He's 26. <laughs> oh, Mahomes so 26. Joe Burrow, like, they are the same age, and they seem to have reached their peak at the exact same time. I am so fucking excited for Joe Burrow versus Mahomes to be, like, the new Brady Manning. That's what I yeah. would fucking love. I would love that shit. Except instead of one really good quarterback playing an excellent defense, both really good offenses playing one another while the defenses go, can we fucking stop, please? Can yeah. we get a minute? Yeah. Time out, time out. Got to catch my breath. Um, so what I want to do is keep talking about this AFC playoff picture. So let's talk about more of these Week 17 games. Chargers beating up on the Broncos 34-13. to The end score a whole lot more than what this game was. It was pretty, well, I don't know. It was 17-3 Chargers at the half. Um, Chargers jumped up early because Broncos on a fourth and goal uh, late in the second, decide to go for it, can't get it in. Uh, Chargers don't do anything with the ball on the flip, but 
when they punt the ball back to the Broncos, they immediately muff the punt. So flipping the field, trying to take advantage of that, they, they stepped on their own feet throughout this game. Um, and yeah, Chargers dominated. I was going to say it was closer than it was, but it really wasn't. It was 27 to six early in the fourth quarter Chargers. Yeah. I mean, this was to me proving Drew Locke is not your guy. Um, I mean, he didn't throw any interceptions, but you were just seeing like, he was taking the easy fucking routes on everything. He wasn't pushing the defense. Any big play he got was all due to the wide receiver. Noah Fant ripped off like a fucking big catch. That was the vast majority of Drew Locke's passing numbers. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, Drew Locke is not the guy. If you're the Broncos, you're, you're looking at your defense going, I think they're pretty good, but I think in this game they kind of got boat raced, especially in the end. The Chargers wound up putting two touchdowns on in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much over um, because the defense was just fucking gassed. And the Denver Broncos do not deserve to be in the playoffs. The Denver Broncos do, however, deserve to be the A number one destination for any quality free agent quarterback coming in. Do like, uh, this is the guy. Does uh, Vic Fangio deserve to be back? There's a big thing of him on the on the hot seat right now. I think Vic Fangio does deserve to be back. Vic Fangio is not an offensive wizard. They knew that when they hired him. This defense has been really, really good. The mm-hmm. offense, he's been putting people in position to make the offense serviceable. John Elway has not gotten him good quarterbacks. John Elway has not been able to go in the draft or free agency and get him a guy that is above middling quality. He got Drew Locke, understand that, but Teddy Bridgewater is not beyond a middle-of-the-road quarterback. That did just change this year, right? It's not no longer Elway as GM. It is uh, Peyton. They brought him in from Minnesota. So uh, George Peyton takes over there as... The guy, who's, yeah, you're right. He's got to build a, a a team there. Next starts with getting a quarterback in that spot. That's where they got to start next year, which they're not going to find outside of free agency. Is what it sounds like, unless somebody nope. strikes gold with a rookie guy in late rounds. I mean, you know, there's not a ton of. We've talked about this before, and we'll get more into it when the scouting happens. But there's not a bunch of guys with a high pedigree in this year's draft. Um, that doesn't mean there can't be starters. Um, But it just means it's not going to excite your fan base. And if you're the Broncos after, you know, you're looking at the Chargers. What do the Chargers have? Hot, young, sexy quarterback. What do the Chiefs have? Hot, young, sexy quarterback. 25 still young. 25 is Mm. actually very young. I think he said Um, 26, but it still counts. Yes, right. Uh, And Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not 30 yet and still relatively sexy, I guess. So every other one of the teams in your division has a quality quarterback except for you. Yeah. yeah. Where does that put you except the bottom of the division every year? Where does it put them next week? They start off our weekend of football with the Saturday afternoon game. So uh, the schedule, yeah, they, they held it out from us to wait and see how all this would, would settle. And I I was I think I said last week that there was no more Saturday games. Turns out there is. Turns out week 18, you know, it's the very first one. Everything's yeah. uh, out the window. They, they do whatever they want. There's no Monday night game. There's no Thursday night game. But there is a Saturday night game. There's a Saturday afternoon. And so kicking it off is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Why does this one mean anything? <laughs> That's how we're going to discuss all games next week. It is because if the Chiefs can beat the Broncos in Denver – and the Titans lose, then the Kansas City Chiefs get that number one seed, home field advantage, bye week, all-inclusive in the AFC. Yeah, so this game is meaningless. Uh, 
Because the Titans have to face the Texans. Now, there is a chance that the Titans might well, That's why they're themselves. playing this one a day ahead. Yep, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there is a chance. I mean, the Chiefs should win this one and should put whatever pressure you need to put on Tennessee to win their game, but the Texans don't want to win it. Uh, I mean, at this point in the season, you're not even at this point playing for pride. You're just like, let's fucking end this. Let's go. Davis mm-hmm. Mills feels pretty good there as the Texans starter. Um, another couple games for like another game for reps for him, but the Titans should win that game. The Chiefs should win this game. Denver is another team that's probably just going out there experimenting with you know Drew Locke again, just being like, hey, show us something so we can bring you back as a put the Rippin kid in. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could put Brett Rippin in there. Um, it's, I mean he played a little bit in this game, but it was he did. Um, yeah, yeah. I, this game is meaningless for the Denver Broncos, and it's almost meaningless for the Chiefs. Um, I'm glad they're putting it on Saturday, but I don't know why they didn't just put this one in on a fucking noon on Monday. It doesn't, or noon on Sunday. It's literally meaningless. Yeah, even if the Chiefs, yeah, slip, they still win the division. They drop down to what fourth? They're still playing at home. Yeah. Uh, well, no. The other difference is the Chiefs don't want to play on the road the following week. That's a big thing. So. If the following week of the playoffs, let's say a given that you win your home uh, wild card round game, if the Titans win too, you want to be home the next round, and this would guarantee it. You win Sunday, uh, excuse me, Saturday afternoon in in Denver, then that means that the Patriots or the Bengals can't come up and take the second overall spot from you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm taking the Chiefs. I believe that was your pick. I'm Indeed. with you on that one. I'm taking I'm taking Kansas City. I think, yeah. They're going to win by a double-digit uh, safe one there on Saturday afternoon to be like, all right, now we'll go and, you know, tomorrow we'll take the day off and be big old Davis Mills fans. <laughs> let's, let's talk another real good one from the AFC. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders, they beat the Colts. This is another one Dan picked. Uh, why are all these at the top of the show? I feel like every time it's at the top of the show. 23-20. <laughs> um, but a back-and-forth game, a wild one. It started 10-0 Raiders early into the second quarter, 13-10 to Raiders by half. But uh, <laughs> um, it is immediately a Colts-led game when Wentz throws it 40 yards down the field into double coverage. Everybody collides into everybody, and T.Y. Hilton's just standing there with the ball in the end zone. It was the silliest touchdown I've seen in a while. Um, But Raiders get a touchdown on a fourth down, take the lead back. We're 20 all with about two minutes left. Ball going to the Raiders. Uh, Renfro with that deep catch. They said he was touched, which is bad for the Colts in the long run (laughs) because they can run the clock out and kick the field goal to win it. Yeah, I mean, this was one of the reasons why I picked the Vegas Raiders was we were talking about it it, it, before Carson Wentz went out with the COVID protocols. I was like, eh, this is probably Colts. They've been on a hot streak. The fact that he went out and the fact that there was so much indecision about is he going to be available, is he not going to be available, you're not able to install the offense because we don't talk about how important that is enough, the weekly offensive installations. You can have the reps. That's fine. I would hope by week 17 they got a good backbone for the guy. <laughs> you, yeah, sure, you have a good backbone, but has Carson Wentz been having an MVP caliber season? I don't think so. He's no, a guy true. that needs the reps. He needs as many reps as he can get. They, uh, you're, Yeah, they, they kind of put the ball in his hands by slowing down Taylor again, 
Well, I mean, he had five and a half yards from scrimmage. They just, they got, uh, they didn't get anything from from Wentz. Yeah, 148 yards is not a starting quarterback number that you can put up in this big of a and game. He's had a, he's had a couple of those games, honestly. Like, yeah. you know, if you look back at you know his stat line throughout this entire season, and I'm going to do that now. Uh, Carson Wentz has had, I want to say, five stinker games. This well, year, it's, which that's, yeah, when you get ahead of the Colts, they I think he feels like he has to he has to go out there and and play big ball and get away from the run game, and that's not where they their bread is buttered, unfortunately. Yeah, I here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. He's had seven games with under two hundred yards passing. So this was a loss in Indy to a Vegas Raiders team. Does that make this Raiders team a better team? Because I feel like the names on paper, no. the names on the field, the Colts are a better team. No, I, I believe the Colts are a better team. I believe this was a situational win okay. um, for the Raiders, where the Raiders had their full installation. The Raiders were 100%, and the Colts were just simply not. Mm. Um, I think if they play this game again a week from now, like if this was a Week 18 game, I would pick the Colts all the way. Um, if they meet again in the playoffs, I'll pick the Colts in the playoffs as long as this, you know, their injuries stay manageable. Um, yeah, I don't think the Raiders are really even a playoff team. I expect them, and not to give it away, I expect them to lose to the Chargers. Should we um, segue into this? That That's the next game I want to talk about. That's the uh, Sunday yeah. night game. Let's just segue into it because th- this was a very good game, but I want to talk about it next week. Like I said, that'll be heavy in this week. Uh, the Chargers going to Vegas. They're playing the Raiders on Sunday night football. And the reason why this ends the week is it's a, basically a play-in game, win and in, both <laughs> well, these teams. Well. Yes, I want to, and I want to talk about that too. Go ahead. <laughs> so the the stars would line up that this, unless some real bizarre shit happens here, this is yeah. a win and in game. Yes. No matter what happens, if one team beats the other team, that team is going to the playoffs 100% of the time. There is a small window of opportunity that if the Jaguars beat the Colts, <laughs> this could be a, you want to kneel? I'll kneel. You want to just run this game and tie this thing, you know, 17-17? I've never seen it. I guess it's talked about. I, I don't, I, I mean, it wouldn't happen, but to be like, let's say you're the, the Steelers or the Ravens, because that would be the, the team that would be affected by that. You won there earlier in the day, and then you're sitting there at the end being like, we're going because as soon as one of these teams lose, we're going to go step into that playoff spot. And then you know, it's like, neither of us really want to try. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the one thing I do agree with is that if the game is super close, everyone's going to get very conservative fourth quarter and then eventually overtime. If it would go into overtime, they'd get super conservative. I'm just going to run. I'll punt. you going to punt. And, and if it ends in an overtime, so be it. But not a straight-out forfeit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be like, hey, let's punt this thing out. But I, I really do think you, if you're the Chargers and the Raiders, there's a part of you that's like, let's just. It, it, to your point, I think the only way the NFL doesn't punish these teams is if, if you have do. a really explosive first half. <laughs> you know, you got to have a really explosive first half. If you have a really explosive first half, then if the second half kind of turns into a tie game where you're both slugging it out, trying not to make mistakes, I think you can get away with it. But if it's just like, hey, this is a real bad game, like the NFL would be furious 
if it seemed like there was collusion. I can see both of these teams actually being knocked out of the playoffs by the NFL if they did something like that. I would mm-hmm. not I would not be shocked to see something like that happen. And then what's funny too is is we like to talk about that scenario, but in that would have to mean that the Jacksonville Jaguars give up their chance at that first overall pick by coming out there and and surprising the Colts who need to win and in in Jacksonville there where, you know, it might be the worst team in the league, you know, yeah. this league. So that'd be wild. Um, the, uh, the, the crazy stat there though, since we're talking about it, six and zero the last six games in Jacksonville for the Colts, six and zero Jaguars Colts have lost there. Bizarre. Yeah. Wow. That's bizarre. <laughs> um, that we were talking about, is that true? That's true. That's a true, uh, stat there. Jesus. Look that up since 20, I don't know how far back it's been. Um, all right, Chargers at Raiders Sunday night football, winning in for both teams. If the Colts lose, both of them can make the postseason with that tie. Uh, Ravens and the Jaguars win. The Raiders are in. Chargers lose. The Chargers are out. So the Raiders can still make it in with a Ravens and Jaguars win. So both these teams can make it, even though even if the Raiders. Raiders would have already clinched, and Chargers could be playing for something. That's the scenario there. And I think that's actually the worst-case scenario for the NFL because yes. how would you punish the Raiders for being like, hey, we played conservative, we already clinched position. Like, Yeah, we're going to bench our yeah, car and everything else. Yeah, you're going to get Mariota or whatever. Yeah, you couldn't really do that, but... They're betting be on the Jaguars not winning. Everyone's doing that. Yeah, listen, the Jaguars are going to lose this fucking game. Let's. We're spending so much time on this hypothetical. On that ja- Colts Jaguars, yeah. What if Jaguars win scenario? Yeah. Chargers Raiders though, Dan. Who are you yep. picking in this one? So I'm going to pick the Chargers. Um, like I said, I would have picked the Colts to beat the Raiders if the Colts were 100. percent I feel like right now the Chargers are 100 percent and they are the better team. Um, though I would be cautious. I'd be cautious if the Chargers come out here and just start slinging that fucking ball around because if they do that, I think they're going to get in a lot of trouble. They've got to establish the run against this team. If they do not, the Raiders have a really good front four that can pin their ears back and create real, real problems uh, for Justin Herbert. So, yeah, if, if they come out here and they have a balanced attack, I can see them winning this game pretty handily. If they don't, if they get you know over their toes on the passing game, I can see the Raiders squeaking one out. But I'm going to pick the Chargers. I don't think they're going to do that. They haven't played each other since October 4th where the Chargers beat them by two touchdowns. Uh, that was the one in L.A. Might as well have been three years ago. Right, yeah. I, that doesn't think, tell me much. I think that was when Henry Ruggs was still on the team. It, yeah. And then, uh, Dan, you, you pointed this out to me, Raiders, with another DUI in their cornerback room uh, with Nate Hobbs, who was found passed out in his car. Maybe that's what we found out is that the NFL and, and these players made a little too young to be living in Vegas with all that money. It's just too much of a party town. Like, I got to go home to Las Vegas. I yeah. I mean, that's not even uh, – Henry Ruggs was making way too much money and he was way too stupid to be living in Vegas. Um, but that – I mean, that was a roster bubble cornerback. <laughs> like, yeah. keep your shit together, son. He would have fucked that up anywhere. Nate Hobbs, not smart. Um, in my head here, the Raiders are looking better as a team, and they have really? in the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders at home. I'm going to take them under the lights there in Vegas to beat these Chargers team that's just too up and down. Um, 
Yeah, I'll go opposite you here, and I'm going to see the Raiders in the playoffs. How about that? And that would Uh, fully knock the Chargers out. That would, yeah. Chargers cannot make it in. I don't think there is a way for them to make it in if they do not win this game. Um, or and the Raiders, it'll be the same for the Raiders too because the the Jaguars are not going to win. Are gonna, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, and also Dan, I need to come back at you in picks as it is, uh, <laughs> not to give it away, but Dan is ahead of me another one in picks, so I got to catch up. I got to catch up, and so I got to. I'm going to do that on a few here this week. And I and this isn't a hail mary one either. This is it like oh, this is a reasonable one. This is this is a good head to head. You know if you. Yep. It, if you take, I'm going. Te- if you're like ah Texans over uh, Titans, I'd be like, all right, you're re- really, really reaching. What's for going here. on? Yeah, that'd be true. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, let's talk about the Monday Nighter, the Big Ben Sayonara from Pittsburgh. The Steelers win it, 26 to 14. This is one that we both picked the Browns, and I kept knocking around since the Browns got kicked out, knocked out of the playoffs uh, the day before, due to the ravens loss was it there was a um they they got eliminated before this game was going so they didn't have nothing on on it to play for and the steelers technically still kind of do i thought yeah this should be a maybe the steelers will come in there and do it but i we kept we pick with the browns and it's not successful here steelers jumped up 10 nothing at the half it was 13 to 7 headed in the fourth quarter browns made it close i think like a 14 to 16 something like that but Yeah. yeah Uh, Steelers Steelers were the better team with nine sacks and this whole TJ Watt thing. Well, TJ Watt is going to win defensive player of the year. Yeah. You don't yep. get 20 plus sacks for a major team like Pittsburgh and not be in that conversation. However, what a waste of 20 sacks. Uh the Watt boys tend to waste <laughs> great seasons on teams that don't make the playoffs. Um that being said, this this game was good for two reasons. One, it showed that the Browns are still the Browns um, because after you get eliminated, they should have sat Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield should never have played in this game. He threw 10 straight incompletions in that second quarter, and it just should, looked awful. Yeah, should not have been in there. It, honestly, it's actually kind of despicable that the Browns coaching staff let that happen. Mm. There's nothing to play for. This is a guy that you think could be your franchise. I understand putting your franchise in there when you still got a shot at this thing. If you're eliminated from the playoffs, shut it down. Shut it yeah. down. I don't understand that. The dude literally is going into surgery right now. Like, he's yeah. going into surgery right now. What the fuck is the difference between that and yesterday's game? You knew he was fucked up, and you knew you weren't making the playoffs. Really bad decision by the Browns. Um, yeah, this... Yeah, the Browns have just been disappointing, man. They are just... I mean, we got some hope that the Factory of Sadness might be closing its doors or at least reducing production. Nope, business is still booming at the Factory of Sadness. It's not... I mean, it's not nearly as bad as it's been where you were just the stink team of the league. Here, I think the Browns aren't a bad team. You're not a bad team, Browns. You're not a bottom-of-the-barrel team. But uh, here's here's the bad news. You're not a great team either. And I'll tell you what, uh, there's shades in the NFL of teams of how good and how bad you are. And I would I would almost correlate the Browns here with uh, 
how much their coaching staff and stuff they've taken from the Vikings of where they've ended up this year, where it's like, yeah, you, you got your hopes up in a little few spots. You kept thinking maybe, and then it just you came up short. You're going to be a seven and you know ten operation kind of thing, huh? Like, welcome to the club kind of thing. And this isn't fun either. Uh, down in here for too many years in a row, but it's not. It's still though it's a step down from where you were as a playoff team into the second round last year. You were in it for a while there and it's not nearly as bad as it once was so i think it's still a trend in the right direction for cleveland and for the browns so the browns have two things that they've got to figure out they can't cut baker mayfield i for some reason i forgot that a couple years ago they rejiggered the uh the nflpa that that fifth year is now guaranteed not for injury it's fully guaranteed as soon as you say hey we're gonna do it okay so Baker Mayfield is making $18.5 million next year. Yeah. And he's going to be their quarterback. But I don't think he's getting an extension, and I don't think he deserves one. Play it if out, you right. look at If you look at that division, right, you've got the Steelers, who obviously have a need at quarterback. You have the Ravens, who have a 24-year-old former MVP. You have the Bengals, who have a 25-year-old future MVP. And then you're the Browns, and is Baker Mayfield even your guy? Right. It's it's a fucking tough situation for you to be in as a franchise. It's one of the reasons why they should have shut him down. Now that he is shut down, I hope him a full off season of health. I hope he gets back on track with Jarvis Landry. I hope that the, <laughs> I really do hope that the AFC North makes the Steelers the fourth place team for a year or two, because <laughs> uh, they can't just keep winning. Although Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the NFL, underrated. And I don't think Landry's a future piece there. I don't think he needs to be. You've got Peoples-Jones, like you said. He stepped into his own. Higgins, right? He's, I think, been very good for him as, like, a number two guy. There's your first two, and you go from there. Plus, all of the tight ends you got, a plethora there with uh, uh, Najoku and Hooper, and I like uh, Bryant even. So, yeah, you've got plenty of offensive power there, and that's why... I think you can focus in on Mayfield and go, well, then this might be a problem, right? Because he's not making all this work. Or he's just pushing it too much and turning the ball over too much. Um, Before we move away from this game on the other side of the ball, I want to talk about TJ Watt and this sack thing. So he's he might break the record, but he'd be doing it on week 18. Exactly. But... When Strahan did it, was Brett Favre not just turning around and sliding into him? I don't remember, too, if Strahan... Was that the Giants like uh, going to the Super Bowl team? Was Strahan? No, that wasn't their Super Bowl team. Okay. It's something to these sack ones where it doesn't seem to help out the team. Because I looked it up uh, with TJ Watt. The other ones who are in the sack, yeah, he's... Strahan's record was 22 and a half. Uh, Houston got it in 14. He had 22 in 14 in 2014 with the chiefs, I guess. Or is that yeah. still? Yeah. Yeah. 2014 chiefs probably were up there pretty high because the 2011 Vikings was Jared Allen's 22, uh, sack year. They were horrendous that year. They were not a very good team. It was just, well, Jared Allen's doing well. And then you go all the way back to 1984 and Gastineau who had it for 22. So, these but Gastineau, that team made the playoffs. Okay, I was going to say. That I have no idea because that was, was that Jets? 84? Yeah. Okay. Jets made the playoffs then. So, yeah, there's 
it doesn't seem like it correlates into a uh, top team in the league, usually sack records. No, uh, I mean, it, it's not going to be uh, exciting for you if he gets three and breaks the record. Uh, no, I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, once again, it's one of those, if he gets like four and pushes the record back, oh, holy shit. Uh, you know, yeah. that's something else. But yeah, it, once again, these week 17 things, you you have to be within the shot. Like, you know, if somebody's like five yards behind the record. He's 21 and a half now, so he's only a, a sack away from the record. Yeah. But he is, in your mind, he, he missed it. In my <laughs> mind, he missed it. In my okay. mind, he missed it. I mean, it's, I know that that might not be everybody's cup of tea, but in my mind, he missed it. Um, let's talk about the Bengals going to the Browns next week. So here's the thing about this game. Uh, the Bengals can get the number one seed in the AFC if the Chiefs and the Titans lose. But the problem is we're already going to know whether or not the Chiefs have won or lost by Saturday. And we just picked that. We don't think that's going to happen. Maybe it does. Uh, but there's a very good chance we head into this game with not a whole lot on line for it. Uh, no Baker Mayfield in it. The Bengals would be playing for spot number you know, two through two through four or whatever. No, not even. They wouldn't be able to get spot two because that would at least be the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So three or four for the Bengals. So the Bengals yes. might end up resting players in this game too by the time kickoff comes around. Just kind of depends on how Kansas City does. Um, I would say that would not be the case, except at the end of that Bengals game, Joe Burrow hurt his knee. <laughs> that too, yeah. And so they can I, rest him for a week. I can't see them putting him out in there to a meaningless game. Just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, but who are you picking, Dan, in the uh, Bengals at Browns game? I am going to take. So it's second stringers. Yeah, <laughs> right? and it no might matter be. what. Right. I maybe they'll let Jamar Chase play, but I don't think they let him play more than a half. Honestly. Um, I don't imagine Joe Burrow suiting up for this game as well. Maybe they play him for a quarter. Maybe they treat it like a preseason game just to keep everybody sharp for the week. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine it. That being said, Brandon Allen's the backup. Brandon Allen is not a horrible backup. I think even the backups for the Browns are, or backups for the Bengals are better than the backups for the Browns. Case Keenum. I like Case Keenum. Yeah. But Case Keenum isn't throwing to, I mean, you have to start somebody, right? You, I get, somebody yeah. has to play wide receiver. It, it These are those be. games that are crapshoot because you have no idea who's out there and who's playing. And yeah, I'm going to give it to the Bengals just because I think morally they would love to be 11 and six, and I think the Browns once they're eliminated, they're like, let's be seven and ten. Let's get a better draft pick. I'm with you. I think Bengals just they have been a better team this year, so they're going to be, you know, you know, hopefully that the. They're just a deeper team than two is what that means. Yeah. Um, plus, there is the outside chance that they're the one team that does have something playing. So they seem to be the smarter bet here oh, in yeah. that terms. So I'll go with the Bengals as well uh, to win in Cleveland. Uh, another really great game from Sunday is the L.A. Rams beating the Ravens 20-19. to This was in Baltimore. This is finally one I got over you, Dan. Um, which helped me not fall way behind you here for this final <laughs> week. But uh, a tight one nonetheless. Ravens started off early, up 10 nothing, But uh, Huntley's interception right before the half kind of turned the tide here uh, because the Rams get a touchdown. The Ravens still don't put a field goal on the board there right before the half, so it's 13-7. to 
And then, um, you know, it's 16 to seven Ravens into the fourth quarter. So this is a comeback victory for the, mm-hmm. uh, the Rams. Um, big, a uh, couple of touchdowns late Rams Beckham touchdown, two point conversion, no good under a minute, but the Ravens couldn't get the ball moving for that last drive, uh, to get it in that Tucker range. So it was mostly pass rush by then that was getting in uh, Huntley's face. Well, I, I like the way you said that, that the interception before the half was a turning point because it absolutely was. <laughs> to to have been able to even take this thing into the half 10 to nothing would have been demoralizing for the L.A. Rams. Would have been absolutely demoralizing. I can see them coming out, pressing, making it a huge problem uh, in the second half. That being said, being down by less than a touchdown going into the half is a very different scenario. It's a very different mindset. I think it was something that even though the Rams didn't come out and, you know, pop off on the third quarter, it made them stay in the game. And this Ravens team was not deep enough to stay in a fight for four quarters. Does that make sense? Yep. Well, like, they just didn't. Like Huntley was making rookie mistakes. You know, I know he's not a rookie, but this is his first year getting actual like reps. I but think he was that's just what... making those mistakes of an inexperienced quarterback. Yeah, and that's. The reason why I didn't take the Ravens in this game and the reason why the Ravens are probably not going to the playoffs is because Lamar Jackson was not healthy at the point where he needed to be. Like, that ankle injury was huge in the terms of the Ravens not going to be in this race here at the end of the the season. Um, and a healthy Lamar Jackson uh, who can cut and, and plant on those, those ankles is a danger to anybody in the postseason. Well, you know, now he is, I think, because he's, he's gotten over that Lamar Jackson hump. <laughs> what is he, 24? Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. <laughs> 24-year-old Lamar Jackson. But he can. He, he And he would be able to beat just about any of these teams this year if healthy. He's not, so we're not going to see them in there, you know, bring on the, the Bills then or the Patriots or whatever to take sure. their place as one of these other teams. There's a lot of good talent in the AFC. It's just not going to be the Ravens. The Rams, on the other hand, uh, huge win. Cooper Cup, now most yards by Rams wide receiver ever in a season, takes over Isaac Bruce's record from uh, 1995, that record was. So that was yeah. before the uh, uh, greatest show on turf era. It was probably because Isaac Bruce was maybe their only receiver worth <laughs> anything at that point. He was he was the only weapon they had. Flipper period. Anderson left and yeah. uh and Torrey Holt wasn't there yet. <laughs> yeah, he was, was. He was all they had. That entire he, offense was Isaac. Him Bruce and there. Ricky Prohl in '95. <laughs> oh God, was Prohl even on that team? I don't know. He was there before. He was right there around that time. Um, so the Rams with a big win. The Ravens go on to play the Steelers this week. That is in uh, Baltimore. I don't know if Lamar is healthy enough to play or not in this one. Uh, they need him in. They're, they're, both these teams are still technically in the playoff race. Um, the Steelers, they both need Jaguars wins, though, right? I'm pretty sure I got that right. If the Steelers win and the Jaguars win, the Steelers are in. If the Ravens win, the Jaguars and Raiders and Patriots win, then the Ravens are in. So the Ravens need a whole lot of help to get in. Otherwise, the Colts or the Chargers or the Raiders take their spots. I'm I'm going to pick the Ravens to win this game. Okay. I 
I believe in Tyler Huntley. He faced a very good defense in the Rams and didn't lose composure until the fourth quarter. I don't think that the Steelers' defense is quite so good. Um, and to that point, I don't think the Steelers are really playing. Like, the Steelers had their big emotional day. That was last week. That was Monday night. That was the farewell to Ben. Yeah. I would be shocked to see Ben Roethlisberger really play this game. Um, you know, to a degree, it's like, hey, you already said goodbye. What are you What are you doing out there? You know, I mean, this is pointless. Like, you played your last home game. Let that be the last game. Let's go out with a win. You know, Mason Rudolph should be in this game because they're really not playing for much. Um, that being said, I wouldn't be shocked to see Ben Roethlisberger come out for a quarter and a half, maybe take a look at how that Jacksonville Indy game is going, maybe pull him in the pull him in the first half. But I think Huntley, if you can't make the playoffs with Huntley, you're not going to be able to do make much of anything with Lamar. So like the, the team has to pick him up. So I'm going to pick the Ravens and a squeaker. I don't think it's going to matter, though, because the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to lose. Right, yeah. I think we're both on that. It's probably not this game in the long-term thing not going to matter. But, uh, hey, an AFC North uh, clobber knocker. Is that slobber knocker, as you call them? <laughs> uh, would be a fun one here to end out the season. So um, I think it's going to be a tight one. I like Huntley with the Ravens, too, in this one, honestly. I don't think the Steelers on the road after that uh, – more emotional victory that they had under the lights that they would show up big enough for this one um, unless TJ Watt was out of his mind. And maybe he does, but uh, he's just one guy on that defense. So I'm going to say that the Ravens do enough to win it, uh, knock the Steelers out, but it doesn't matter because the Ravens won't, you know, both these teams, if they are watching the the scoreboard too much, they're not going to enjoy what they see, but whatever. And um, I I did yeah. say before that um, it the sack doesn't it doesn't matter because T.J. Watt didn't play, you know, he's doing it in week seventeen. You know, T.J. Watt missed a couple games with injuries. I'm still factoring that in. <laughs> like T.J. Watt missed yeah. what two games, three games with injury. Um, it doesn't matter to me. Like, sure, he ha- missed those opportunities, but that's what you're supposed to do in a game season. Twelve full games. Yeah, he's he's had a bonkers season. I mean, yeah. a four sack game to end it out. That's crazy. But he got sacks in bunches. He had three and a half against Baltimore. He had three four against last Chicago. Week. You know, like, come on, man. Like fucking Chicago. Nobody yeah. gives a shit. Like he, he racked up some Mayfield stat numbers here. against some some shitty people. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, you're right. I mean, he's going to get defensive player of the year, like you said, all well deserving, and that's why, that's and that's par for the course for that that those stats. Um, moving on, let's talk about the Niners. They won. They beat the Texans forty or twenty three to seven. Uh, Texans though did take the lead to initially. This game was slow starting for the Niners in the first half. It was seven to three Texans. Uh, 49ers took an interception. That also looked like it was fumbled after they picked it off, but they're like, uh, no, no, it wasn't. The refs, that was an interesting call. Um, they turned that into a touchdown and a lead in the fourth quarter, basically, by then. So the Niners, with Trey Lance starting, that was kind of a little surprise there. Garoppolo wasn't ready to go. I don't know if we even knew that before heading into this game. Uh, wouldn't have changed the picks at all, but... Eh, a little rocky here and they're not in sure. the playoffs yet the Niners need some help here to get the Niners need to win here to get in um 
Trey Lance, we talked about that. It, you know, is it time? We're like, is it time for the kid? Is it time for Trey Lance? I think we talked about that last week. Well, all of a sudden they had to do it in this game. A little dress rehearsal, kind of interesting choice there. Maybe they got an opportunity here to take a look. Which scenario is better for the Niners right now, Dan? Uh, this scenario is the best one they could have possibly hoped for because it's Jimmy's hurt. Got to go with the kid. Yeah. Not a quarterback controversy. Jimmy's hurt. Got to go with the kid. And then Jimmy gets healthy if Trey Lance puts together a couple crispy games, you know, and you go, oh, got to ride the hot hand. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if if Trey Lance comes out against these these Chargers, uh, sorry, the, the Rams, the and Rams. tears it up, they go, ah, got to play the hot hand. We're still worried about Jimmy's thumb. <laughs> you know, that's all you have to say. And if Trey Lance comes out here and lays a fucking egg, you know, Jimmy G at halftime, they could be like, it depends if they activate him or not. If he's activated and they have him, they're like, hey, we just don't feel good about his thumb, but if, if the game gets out of hand, we really believe Jimmy can bring us back into it. That's the way you can play this. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, there's still a chance that the 49ers lose and get in. Yep. They only need the Saints like, to lose. Right. That's yeah, all that's so left. If, Go ahead. Atlanta can pull a miracle, well, not even a miracle, but if Atlanta can beat a pretty beat-up Saints team and, you know, the Saints wind up losing, or the 49ers wind up losing to the Rams, eh, you know, you back into the playoffs, but you're still in the playoffs. You're still in, yeah. Niners are the best scenario, and it's there's one spot open, and it's going to go to one of them Gold Dome teams, the Saints or the 49ers. And uh, 49ers winning in. Uh, I think what really helped Trey Lance in this game was his, the talent around him. He started mm-hmm. connecting with the wide receivers, and then the wide receivers would break a tackle here, yak after that. Uh, they they made plays after the fact, or um, that deep catch one-handed by, uh, Gr- uh, by George Kittle in the middle of the field. You know, the those are the things that kind of bailed out Trey Lance from a somewhat okay kind of game. And, and yeah, it puts you in that weird spot again of the Niners going, yeah, you have two quarterbacks. You don't have a one quarterback, one starter though, amongst them um, for this playoff run. So we'll see if they get in, we'll see how it goes. Um, You did lead us to this game. It's 49ers at Rams. 49ers win in their end. Saints lose in their end. The Rams win. And they clinch the NFC West division, which they haven't done yet. So they are on the hook here to play for something. They want to play at home. If they lose this game and the Cardinals win, who are playing, uh, give you a little flash, home against Seattle, all of a sudden the Arizona Cardinals take the division. The Rams are playing on the road in the wild card round. So who do you like, Dan, in Rams 49ers? Oh, and so, Cam Akers is coming back with an Achille- after his Achilles injury. He's practicing. This is nuts. Yeah, I mean, medical science, man. We are we are in the future. Um, I thought the Rams were good. I thought I'm I'm gonna be like I said. I told you I wouldn't play safe with a lead. I'm gonna take these Niners on the road against L.A. Okay. I'm gonna take them on the road against L.A. because there's not a ton of film on Trey Lance. If Trey Lance gets a full week in and can surprise that Rams defense, I think this could be an interesting game. Um, that being said, if they if the Rams lose this thing, uh, Arizona very well could beat Seattle at home. So this might be a very interesting. You know, we always say pick the thing that makes the games more interesting, and I think mm-hmm. the Rams losing is more interesting than the Rams winning and the Cardinals winning. Well, you were thinking that when you picked 
into this week like the NFL was trying to make it more interesting. And I think you you were right in the way that they it played out. They've got a couple of they got a play in game. They got some reasons to put some games on Saturday. All that worked out for them. Um, now that they're in week eighteen, you know they want they're probably the best teams in the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. the Niners are a little bit more exciting than the Saints. Uh, here's what I want to pick. I'm going to say the Rams because I think that they are playing better right now. But this is the probably the razor-thin game of the weekend for me. And it's weird, too, because it's in L.A., and the Rams have 12 wins to the Niners' 9, but the last time they played, the Niners dominated them under the lights. That was in San Francisco, but uh, 31-10. to 10. And With that Jimmy was, G. With Jimmy G. That was November 15th. So... It's not going too far out onto the limb to say the Niners would win the, this game. I'll just go opposite you and say the Rams. That's what I expe- That's what I was thinking. I'm not going opposite you just because you picked it. I was thinking Rams heading into this. I think they're one of the top teams in the league, and they're getting healthier if Cam Akers is coming back. And then, you know, the, if that defense keeps solidifying, you know, give me Aaron Donald late in the season every time. So I'll go with that one. And on that, we'll go on a break. And when we return, two-minute no offense, get all of that junk through and all the rest of the games and lineups that we believe is going to be in the playoffs. And what we say goes, because this is the push-off. Well, you returned. You didn't go out and get an Uber and try to figure out your way out of New York. So thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, your treat for returning to our second half of the show is to listen to the two minutes. No offense. Because no offense, but if you find yourself in this section, listen, man, the season's over. You either got fucking thumped or you're given the thumping. Let's get through these four moribund games. Yes, I am ready when you are ready, Dan. Let me know when the clock's ready. And turbo go. I'm going to start with the win in Chicago. The Bears beating up on the Giants 29-3. Who cares? This is exactly what we thought would happen. This is a fucking abysmal game. Who gives a shit? 3-22, Bears at the half. Two-game win streak for Chicago. Is Matt Nagy going to get saved? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And then um, the next... Uh, sorry, the next one, the Patriots beating the Jaguars, beating up on them Jaguars. 50-burger to 10 yeah, if <laughs> this is the best example of would a bad pro team ever lose to a really good college team, the answer is fucking no. <laughs> I still take this Jaguars team over any college football team out there, uh, and they got fucking shellacked by the Patriots. This game was not close immediately, um, and it stayed not close for the whole fucking game. 21 points in the second quarter, uh, and they basically just took a knee in the fourth quarter. This was nice of them. Trevor Lawrence just throwing interceptions. Patriots clinch. They're walking into the playoffs. 
Moving right along, the Seahawks over 50 points as well, over the Lions 29 to 51. Yeah, this was another game where it's like, what are you trying to prove, Seahawks? Like, what are, what are you trying to do? Are you just trying <laughs> to hurt the Jets at this point? Is that all you're doing? Because uh, that's all you're doing is hurting the New York Jets. Help yeah. them out. Lose a couple they, games. Here. They got no first-round pick. They're not playing for anything. They got Tim Boyle lining up on the other side, and they feel they feel a little slighted. So they beat up on him. 31-7 by the half. It was over. Um, and then finally, the Packers beating up on the Vikings, 37-10. to 10. <sighs> Sorry, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> hey. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, uh, coughed too much to play in this one, and uh, we had to watch a Sean Mannion game in the cold as uh, as the Vikings' uh, last-ditch chances freeze up. I mean, it was over early. Uh, oh, that's it. That's time. <laughs> we, we can stop talking about this game <laughs> if you want, but, yeah, it was over early. The Vikings are, shouldn't be a playoff team. You knew this. They yeah. know this. The I Packers was, just proved it. I was quite numb, quite numb watching this one. Like I didn't get excited for good plays. I didn't get down for bad plays. It was this doesn't even look like my team. Uh, Sean Mannion out there. I when I saw Kellen Mond get a chance, I was like, all right, let's see the kid throw some balls. And he did two checkdowns and almost threw a pick six. And it was like, all right, well they're done seeing him. Packers, <laughs> uh, you know, they didn't even. Like we talked about, I think a week ago, didn't dominate, go out there and, and, and smack us around. They kind of like, we're going to go down and score the first few touchdowns. Then we're going to put a field goal on you. And then we're going to, you know, like they slowly kind of bled us out and they did it. They did it calmly and they did it, uh, you know, all phases of the game. It was 20 to three Packers by the half, but number one seed for the Packers. That's, that's what I expect of them yeah. moving forward. So for next week, uh, here's a couple of games we can just run through. The Bears at Vikings. This means absolutely nothing other than is it the battle of the last coach's games for both sides? Uh, it absolutely is. I, I cannot see Zimmer staying on. I cannot see Nagy staying on. That being said, I think this team will send Zimmer out with a win rather than Nagy out with a win. I'm going to take Minnesota. Um. I th- I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that Zimmer's gone. I feel like it is, and it's down to whether or not uh, the GM's gone too, Rick Spielman. I don't know if Spielman needs to go, honestly. I He's missed on a few of them, and maybe they want to do a full clean slate, so that's up to them, and I'm, I'm interested to see where it ends up. But, uh, yeah, Zimmer, for me, you know, 80%. When I say I don't know if it's full chance, I probably. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'd be very surprised. Uh, Nagy is already gone, I think, in everyone's minds. So this is going to be a mess of a game, but I'm going to take my Vikings too. Let's skull. Come on, yeah. one more time. I always said, like, just beat the Bears. That's all I want. That's <laughs> go, all I want. Go out with a win. Uh, the Packers going to Detroit to play the Lions. Again, nothing for this one other than if or the Lions are at least a top two draft pick next year. Yeah, I mean, they are either taking Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. That's what's happening. Um, and the Packers, the only way they could lose... No, they have the top seed. Yes. They have Packers. the number one seed sewn up. So it's it's useless, but I still think... I think the Packers' backups beat the shit out of the Lions' starters. So I'm going Packers all the way. Uh, yes, me too. I'm going Packers on the road. 
they don't ever lose to the Lions. Um, and I think, you know, Tim Boyle will probably have to still play. I don't think Goff, I don't know if Goff's healthy, and if he is, why throw him out there? Um, yeah. And then finally, we, finally we're at this big game we got to talk about. I know we have been Colts at Jaguars. Jaguar news. That's what it is. Jaguars 6-0 and uh, versus Indy at home since 2015. That's fucking crazy. I think that streak's come, <laughs> coming to an end uh, this week. I saw a really bad Jacksonville team play New England. I saw a not quite fresh Colts team lose tight to a playoff competitor uh, team in the Raiders. There's no reason, no reason the Jaguars are able to win this game. I'm taking Colts by at least two touchdowns. Oh, man, there's so many Jaguars fans of other teams this year for no reason <laughs> other than just needing it. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Lions, you are rooting for the Jaguars. A road-losing streak. The Colts have not beaten the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Or London since 2014. <laughs> <laughs> got to stipulate London. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, Colts are going to win it. They're going to end the season of the Steelers and the Ravens. And then we'll just be watching Sunday night for who of those teams will ultimately win to get that last spot. And we'll see the Colts in the playoffs, which is exciting. I think the Colts are one of those fun road wild card teams um shocking where they were to where they are now absolutely yeah especially with yeah, how they started off this season uh only team that would have shocked me more if they finally made it in would have been them dolphins uh yeah. they did not but uh yeah the colts and i would cheer it for them quite a bit i like these colts especially i think watching this uh hard knocks which has two more weeks i looked it up they're going to do nine total so we'll see them through the rest of the regular season. And then if they're still in the playoffs, it'll just be this abrupt, no finishing end to it that I don't think they were expecting, but that'd be interesting. Um, if the Jaguars lose the number one overall pick goes to them for the second year in a row. So good for them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good for them. <laughs> they're God. They're awful. They really are. God awful. They're a God awful franchise. And we, you know, people love to give Shad Khan, like, oh, I'm glad he cleared out Urban Meyer. Everybody knew that was a bad decision. Everybody mm. knew bringing in Urban Meyer to coach professional adult men was a bad idea. Shad Khan did it anyway. Shad Khan deserves this bullshit. He deserves this bullshit franchise. Uh, good luck, you idiot. There yeah. is no billionaire who's good, so fuck it. F- fans kind of turned on him a little bit in it right now, so we'll see. Absolutely. They absolutely fucking should. Yeah. All he had was a mustache. <laughs> um let's let's move on let's talk about some more games from last week uh the cardinals beach cowboys day in 25 22 in dallas um murray threw two touchdowns to a man named wesley that's one of the first times i heard of him uh prater, prater had a much better uh game this week kicking four field goals prescott had threw three touchdowns but uh wasn't enough for this one, they tried to come back after the Cardinals took their early lead. The Cardinals are not a better team than the Cowboys. As the Cardinals looked like a team that was kind of chugging through, the Cowboys looked like a team that was flat and inconsistent. So I will take a flat, inconsistent team with a ton of talent over this Cardinals team, which is 
trudging right along. The Cowboys also left a ton of points on the board, thanks to Greg fucking Zerline. Uh, I mean, we would have had those three points. This would have been a tie game if it wasn't for fucking Greg Zerline. So, I mean, he's missing easy kicks. He's missed easy kicks over the last two weeks. Uh-oh. It's unacceptable. It cannot be fucking happening. Um, I think I read a stat somewhere that, like, the Cowboys uh, have lost three games by less than eight points. In those games, um, Greg Zerline's left 14 points on the on the field. So it's, it's that sort of shit that we just can't have as a playoff caliber team. Dak did put it back together, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't look good. I mean, we were getting nothing in the run game. We abandoned the run game very early. Um, we weren't out of it to have abandoned the run game the way we did. Um, and so that was pretty that was pretty demoralizing, honestly, for us to just not run the ball at all. Yeah, the offense stuttered at the beginning of the game, and they, they had a hard time catching it until they did in the fourth quarter putting up 15 uh you guys lost Gallup now for the season acl that probably means he's gonna be just working on that through the off season and hope to be back week one for next year like that's not well good. he's a free agent so Ugh. that's that's the hard thing is he's that's what happened to him right before he goes into free agency i hope the cowboys are able to resign him that being said he was our number three option like number three right. with a bullet um, Cedric Wilson's an interesting number three. He's a guy that can play the slot. He's a guy that can throw. He's kind of a gadget guy. And he gets his so, opportunity in big games here to make a name. Oh, man, that's a rough one for Gallup. I, I feel for Michael Gallup. I have loved Michael Gallup. He's been a great Dallas Cowboy, but he has been injured a lot this season, and we were yep. successful without him. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. I see this week going forward as a get-healthy game for us since we don't have a shot at the first overall pick. We got to take some breaks. We got to, you know, we got to get healthy going to the playoffs, especially Zeke. Um, we knew last week already about these teams. The Cardinals are still in the playoffs, but haven't clinched a division yet. In fact, there's this half game behind the the Rams as they're going to go into this game against the Seahawks, and then you've got the Cowboys who've clinched the division, but uh, won't be able to catch the first overall seed now that the Packers have done that. So, where that leaves us here is. You talked about Dan. I kind of want to ask you. Uh, Cowboys are going to be playing a home game that first weekend, and they're going to be playing somebody like Cardinals, outchance Rams, or more likely someone like the 49ers, Eagles, or Saints. Of those We're teams. Be playing the Cardinals. <laughs> you think so? The Cardinals most oh. likely is what the lineup is? Without a doubt. I mean, unless. Unless the 49ers actually do win and the Cardinals win and then it flips and then we're playing the Rams. If the Bucks lose, can't you go ahead of them or not? No, because they have a one-game lead on us. Okay. And they, so if it's a direct tie, if we have the same record as the Bucks, the Bucks win the head-to-head. There's got to be a per- tied, yeah, percentage thing We have to be in a three-way there. tie. Okay. We, yeah, we have to be in a three-way tie. So, so the biggest chance is you, go, you walk in – next week with this same matchup cardinals at cowboys likely yeah ah, and so what's your thoughts yeah coming right back at it um i want them again i, <laughs> I really do i i want to play the cow i want to play the cardinals again i don't think we were sharp if we were sharp and the arizona cardinals beat us i'd be nervous yeah. but we weren't sharp so if we go out there and we're flat again we deserve to get bounced in the playoffs and i'd it'd almost be like cathartic i'd be like oh okay good we don't even with two weeks to correct the exact same fucking mistakes. We don't correct the exact same fucking mistakes. We don't deserve to be a playoff team. 
if we can learn from the Cardinals game, watch that Cardinals film, time Kyler Murray out better, I I really do think we have a much better chance to beat that to beat this team at home again in two weeks. I want the Cardinals. That's what I want. Well, with the Cardinals coming Yeah, with the Okay, so yeah, that's what it was. Watching the in season hard knocks was the Colts Cardinals game last week and that coach talking about it, like he just got to run around everywhere. He goes over here, goes over here, and then come over here and they'll spin out this way. And it is the gingerbread man. Yeah, it's it's a, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, these Cardinals, uh, because they won, have another reason to play for something still this week. If they win uh, here home against Seattle and the Rams lose, they clinch the AFC West. They're playing at home. They've won the division. Um, but if the Rams win, the Cardinals are automatically the fifth seed in the playoffs. Uh, what happens, Dan? Seahawks at Cardinals this week. I think the Cardinals wind up beating the Seahawks, although it would not shock me for the Seahawks to come out and be dickheads again <laughs> and just you know be like, hey, we were way better than this DK Metcalf running over fucking corners. Um, Rashad Penny having the fucking four-game, five-game streak of his career. Um, yeah. You know what? It would not fucking shock me. Really would not shock me, but I'm still going to go with the Cardinals at home to go 12 and 5 and the Seahawks to go 6 and 11. Yep, it's been up and down for both these teams, but more up for the Cardinals, more down for the Seahawks. So I'm going to go Cardinals as well. Uh try to run a hot streak into the playoffs. Uh they are an interesting bunch. I just don't feel they I have a lot of confidence in them in the playoffs because they just don't come off as one of those season teams, one of those teams that are going to know that playoff atmosphere, and I think that's where they're going to come up short, but uh, still be interesting to see them in there. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the Eagles. They beat the Washington football team 20-16. Uh, to 16. So Eagles clinch a playoff spot with the win and how the week played out. The, the Eagles are in. Boston's got a two touchdowns, but that's really all only stats I wrote down for them. This game was uh, Washington football team 10 nothing to start, uh, 16-7 at the half. Heading um, into the fourth quarter, two field goals by Elliott to take the lead, and Heineke from the 20-yard line, 30 seconds left. He has a chance, but he throws an interception in the end zone to McLeod. I would describe this game as merciful. This game was merciful. I think um, um, we we didn't have to watch it. Where I see this, I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so this this entire team, both of these teams are like, are we? How the fuck are we still alive? Washington was like, had a real chance to win this fucking thing, and I I'm not afraid of the Eagles at all. I'm not afraid of anything they're able to do offensively or defensively. I just don't see them as a threat. Um, sure, they're able to beat up Washington, but we kicked the shit out of Washington. So, yeah, if if we could have our druthers, I'd love to play the Eagles in the playoffs. That that'd feel like an easy win. Yeah, the Eagles are still a little kind of banged up. Uh, football team here gets eliminated. Um, what's nice about that is there's only one more game where they'll be known as the football team, and then we're gonna find out uh, as the news broke that it's gonna be on Groundhog Day that we get their new branding finally. So, get rid of that joke. The Although. Uh, Although Boomer Esiason is always is already ahead of the game. Yeah, what did you say Boomer thought it was? Uh, it was the Admirals. He's, he thinks they chose the Admirals. 
uh, which works, I think, uh, from what the the little hints and stuff that I saw. So if it's the Washington Admirals, which, meh, we'll see. Um, but they're moving on. At least it's not the. At least they're not sticking with the football team. Um, they. Oh, and and then uh, the only other thing I want to talk about really with this game, and we'll talk about the Eagles and where they're going from here. But as Hurts leaving this game, and all of the Eagles fans there trying to cheer for him, half of this stadium stands collapses. They fall. They they tumble out of the stands into the tunnel almost landing on Hertz too, as he's standing there, like just sidesteps a railing falling to the ground by his feet helps the fans up fans a little hurt, but then decide they're excited that Hertz is there and they're all, and then he takes it in stride and, you know, it's kind of, Oh, hi everybody. Okay. You all okay. But uh, again, another bit of that uh, FedEx field, just f- falling apart. Like it's sand in hand. I, uh, I've never disliked Jalen Hurts. Um, he's always struck me as the sort of guy that you'd love to have on your team. I, I don't think he's like the most talented quarterback in the world, but he handled it with grace. Um, he very easily could have just run into the fucking locker room, but he was helping people up, checking yeah. to see if everybody's okay. You know, the first person uh, that got up was like, can I take a selfie with you? He's like, yeah, fucking sure. <laughs> and it was just this natural sort of calm and cool, which was great. And the best thing, Jalen Hurts did. This makes me actually really love Jalen Hurts. He wrote a letter to the oh, NFL. Oh, I didn't hear this good. Oh, he wrote a letter to the NFL, and it is fucking spicy. <laughs> because basically this Jalen Hurts letter states that the Washington football team is a piece of shit and needs to be held accountable for it. It is fucking great. May I, may I read it? Yeah, yeah, if you have it, please. I do, because this is what I'm saying. It's fucking spicy. To whom it may concern, you know right there, it's about to get nasty. Uh, I am writing to inquire about what follow-up action is being considered in response to the near-tragic incident that took place at FedEx Field on January 2nd, 2022. As you are aware, many individuals, including fans, media personnel, and myself, were placed in a dangerous situation when Mm. portions of the FedEx field tunnel collapsed. Although I was able to prevent the barrier from crashing onto me, that was not the same for others who could be suffering from lingering injuries. This is written like a fucking lawyer. This is great. Wow. (laughs) Through my initial shock, my first reaction was to assist those involved. However, while I displayed a calm composure, which he did, I understand the severity of what happened. I'm extremely concerned for the well-being of the fans and the media. So what has he already said? He's saying this can hurt players, this can hurt fans, this can hurt the media. Everybody can be hurt by the Washington football team. As a result, I would like to know what safeguards the NFL and the Washington football team are implementing to prevent this from ever recurring in the future. The resources of the NFL and team organizations ensure our safety through playing this physical sport. But what happened on Sunday put both fans and players unnecessarily at risk long after the final whistle. I look forward to hearing from you on this matter. Sincerely, Jalen Hurts. Made it public. Sent it to the NFL. Uh, just, I all this shit. Just please, please get rid of Dan Snyder. What a huge piece of shit owner this guy is. He doesn't give a fuck about his facilities, about his team, about anything. I want Dan Snyder gone. I know it'll make Washington better, but I still want him gone. (laughs) It's the same old stuff. They're going to go to uh, New York. They're playing the Giants. Uh, That'll be the end of the football team era, the the two-year football team era. Uh, Washington at Giants, Dan. What are you thinking? 
I'm going to pick the Giants. I know they're not more talented uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I just think they're less of a bullshit team. Um, and it looks like Jake Fromm's going to start. This is going to be a yes. backup audition for Jake Fromm. I think he could be okay, man. I think he could be all right. I think he's starting, though, because there's an injury to Mike Glennon. So this is a, a forcible, again, start. And I think what they realized the last time they started Jake Fromm is that he's just not ready. So I'll take the football team. Um, they're not doing that great either, and, you know, they're out of everything. They've been eliminated. But uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm opposite you there because I don't think the Giants the Giants just look much worse. Um, and then your Cowboys are getting a Saturday night football. In Philly, right? It's in Philly. You yeah. can do that, right? Yeah. So, uh, Cowboys at Eagles. What are you thinking, Dan? The Eagles have already started talking about sitting players. Oh. The Cowboys need to start talking about sitting players. Which Jerry Jones isn't saying that, but he might. I cannot imagine Jera putting <laughs> Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott in danger. I can't imagine him putting even Tony Pollard in danger for a full half. I think that no matter what is happening at halftime, everybody's pulled. If it's an all backup game. I think it's backups versus backups. I don't know why they put this game on Saturday night. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Doesn't really help the Eagles. Doesn't really help the Cowboys. The best we can hope for is like a third seed. Doesn't make sense. I think both of these teams are going to go backup on backup. Um, Jalen hurts might still play. Uh, just to get more reps in there, but I would not be shocked to see a backup on backup. And I'm going to take Dallas in that game, um, although it's very close. It's Philly at home, but uh, I just think Dallas's backups are probably better. I think it's obvious. That the reason why this game is Saturday, first of all, is they, they picked games of it's two teams heading to the playoffs, so they're good teams you can sell. Uh, they'll have the ratings because these teams do. They have the backing for the cities to do that. And it's good enough you know it's it's not one of those win and in games where they want that for the last for the end of the weekend that'll decide stuff that'll gonna happen for the next week like the Chiefs kind of do for the Bengals and other teams but uh this one won't this one won't really do anything to the other games on Sunday but it's still got its own stuff for Saturday night so that's why it's there yeah Cowboys are basically the four or the third seed um based on Rams and Bucks games, and the Eagles are basically five through seven, right? Not even five, six or seven. Yeah, uh, Cardinals. They're, I think they're probably seven. Cardinals and Rams are, well, no, because the Saints could be seven if the Saints go. Yeah. So, so yeah, six Eagles or seven are, at best. Yeah, at best, sixth or seventh seed. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys. I think as, as backups, uh, you know, um, it would be, what's his name, Connor Rush. Cooper Rush. Rush. Cooper Rush playing. And uh, he looked all right in Minnesota, so I'll take them to win as well. Um, Hey, the Buccaneers got out of New York with a slight victory and one less wide receiver. (laughs) 28-24. Tom Brady threw over 400 yards, three touchdowns, did have a pick. Gronkowski showed up. Uh, But this was Jets early, Jets ahead the most of the game. Buccaneers played catch-up, and I think – the yeah first lead of the game was the touchdown with 15 seconds left that Brady hit to Grayson. It was. Um, I will say this: Antonio Brown leaving ignited the Buccaneers. Mm. Uh, the Buccaneers were down by over two scores when he left the game, yeah. and uh, left the game in most dramatic of fashions. I, I think that was good for them. I think that was kind of a wake up call. 
That being said, I don't see this Buccaneers team being nearly as deadly as they were last year. Um, because you shouldn't be a team that's in it late in the court, late in the game against the fucking New York Jets. Right. They just don't have they don't have what you're looking for. Um, it, Buccaneers have been very banged up. I think um, they're maybe they're getting healthier. They talked that uh, Fournette will be back for the playoffs. You get some playoff Lenny there. That's definitely needed. But yeah, the Antonio Brown thing. And as of now, Dan, right currently, he is still on the team. Still on the team. Uh, the We actually waited to do this podcast hoping something would come down about Antonio Brown, uh, but he, he has not been released. He released a statement this evening while we've been recording. I didn't really look at it, but, uh, I, you know, I, again, we're, we're spending this time talking about Antonio Brown, and I remember before this season – what last time we were talking about him was this like gosh it's just gotten to this point now where we're exhausted about him and here he is again in this game running across the field during a, a play almost pretty much you know <laughs> making an ass ooh. of himself ooh what is ooh. this actually this is spicy uh you- i will i'm just reading this now um Here's a little excerpt. Because of my commitment to the game, I relented to pressure directly from my coach to play injured. Despite the pain, I suited up. The staff injected me with what I now know was a powerful and sometimes dangerous painkiller that the NFLPA has warned against using, and I gave it my all for the team. I played until it was clear that I could not use my ankle to safely perform my playing responsibilities. On top of that, the pain was extreme. I took a seat on the sideline, and my coach came up to me very upset, shouted, What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I told him, It's my ankle. But he knew that. It was well documented, and we hadn't discussed it. Then he ordered me to get on the field. I said, Coach, I can't. He didn't call for medical attention. Instead, he shouted at me, You're done, while he ran his finger across his throat. Coach was telling me that if I didn't play hurt, then I was done with the Bucks. I didn't quit. I was cut. I didn't walk away from my brothers. I was thrown out. Being fired on the sideline for having a painful injury was bad enough. And then came their spin. Ooh. Okay. This could be very interesting. Yeah. That being said, there's got to be cameras on this, right? There's got to be cameras. Yeah, you would think there's, well, yeah, it depends uh, whenever this conversation was had here. But, yeah, he's there on the sidelines and you're done and whatever that is. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about what he walked away from. He was only a few stats here and there away from nearly a million dollars in incentives or exactly a million dollars incentives it's like one third of this a million here one third of a million here one and there was still a game left so he's talking about an ankle injury halfway through this one that maybe sit him out the rest of the you know regular season as it is and away from that money so i don't know if that's the case if it's about an injury and them acting like I don't know if the idea is that they were saying he, they were going to cut him or they did cut him on the sidelines there. I'm sure the point that that coach was making wasn't your cut, go to the locker room now and get your things and you're not going back on <laughs> the plane with us. That isn't the point he was making. Your cut didn't mean please leave your pads right here uh, under the bench and go home. That's not what that that conversation ended with, whatever Antonio Brown believes. But I will tell you this. This is all Bruce Arians' fault. I, I will say that right now. No matter what. It's coaching, it, sure. 
I, I, Antonio Brown could have sacrificed a fucking live chicken in the locker room before the game. This would all be on Bruce Arians, who had a chance to cut this fucking guy after that COVID bullshit. Yeah. When he said, eh, if Antonio fucks up, we're, we're going to let him go. And he didn't. He didn't. He put up with this shit, and now he gets bit. He gets hoist on his own, hoist by his own petar. Mm-hmm. This dude, Bruce Arians, fucked this up. No matter what happened here, Bruce Arians fucked this up, and I will lay this on Bruce Arians' feet. You should. Um, and, and people who, like, it's obvious... Then Antonio Brown has these problems and 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 leads to this out lashing and outbreaks kind of stuff where it's like, well then I think those of you who put him in the scenarios where this happened need to take the responsibility for him. They need to you know uh, you're going to keep putting him on the field and keep doing this stuff because of his talent. You all you can't just wipe your hands of him when he gets like this too you can't be like well i did i don't i don't want to deal with him anymore nope sorry this is what you signed on for this is part of the contract with the guy so i'm with you there you're there to blame yeah they're to blame for this you don't put your dick in crazy <laughs> right we talk about that a lot don't put it's your dick an in interest crazy. <laughs> a lot i don't know but yeah you don't talk a- about that a lot <laughs> it's an interesting it's- segue to that or uh correlation i get what you're saying but i i will say this uh i'm trying to read while we're talking and i apologize but uh he ended his statement with this once my surgery is complete i'll be back to 100 percent and looking forward to next season business gonna be booming yeah business be booming not a fucking chance not a <laughs> fucking chance antonio brown gets signed by goddamn anybody next I year. felt like we said this though i feel like i've said this we've said this before so yeah, no, we talked say- about we talked about he's too talented he's too talented he gets signed by the patriots he's too talented he gets that sexual harassment stuff somebody's gonna take a waiver on him this is you can't make your gm two coaches two GMs, a Hall of Fame quarterback and Tom Brady look like shit and get another chance somewhere else. It's just not happening. He's not worth the money. And he I, won't play for the money he's going to be offered. I'd almost say that exit was kind of like a black eye in the NFL type of thing. But listen to us talk about it. Every other show talk about it. You know, I'm sure I think NFL threw out little clips and stuff because it was like, oh, this is not the way you want to do it. But hey, let's all get people to talk about how weird Andrew, you know, Antonio Brown's being. So they're loving it too, and they're getting their hits out of it. They're getting their clicks. Um, that's all. That's all we need to talk about, right? That's all we need to talk about the Buccaneers and this uh, Jets. You should have. You should have won it, Jets. You should have gone down there and won it. You choked it away. Uh, it's another long season, and we'll see where Good you for end them. up. They they don't need this. <laughs> they don't nope. need this shit. They didn't need it, and here we are. Um, I want to move on to the Saints beating the Panthers, eighteen to ten. Uh, the Panthers showed up to the start of this game. They said, we want to try. They jumped up 10-3 to about the start of the second quarter, and then their offense did nothing the rest of the game. It was just uh, Saints, little here, little there, got a Kamara touchdown late, but couldn't kick the extra point, that doinks. It's 10-18. to Panthers have a chance here. It's still a one-score game. They give them two drives late uh the pass rush just being too much in the face of sam darnold who got the start again uh an interception to end it saints uh keep their playoff hopes alive as we've been talking about sam darnold is not the guy i know Taysom hill 
Taysom Hill might not be the guy either, but Taysom Hill is way more the guy than Sam Darnold is. And Sam Darnold has that fifth-year option guaranteed. they got to pay this motherfucker next year. Hmm. Sam Darnold is going to be starting somewhere, whether it's the Panthers or not. He's going to be on a roster somewhere for $18 million fucking dollars. That's crazy to me. That's fucking crazy. Is that this right? Is, that's mean, just because that's his contract? That's his contract. It's guaranteed. He's either going to be cut and making $18 million on the fucking road, on the street, or he's going to be somewhere playing to try to get his career back. Mm. It looks like Sam Darnold is washed. Um, and that's unfortunate because I really did think this was going to be a good comeback year for him. I thought he'd get, you know, acclimated to his new surroundings. But, you know, you're missing talent at the wide receiver position. You're missing him. They have DJ Moore, but that's pretty much it. They have Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard and it, if... Christian McCaffrey gets back, they could be decent, but they still need help. They need help on the offensive line. They need help at the wide receiver position um, to make this offense go anywhere. And they need a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And at $18 million eating up the cap, it's hard to move in that direction. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold, he's back up at best now is what we found out about him now that he's had a couple different locations. Um, From here, they go to Tampa Bay. They're playing the Buccaneers who are – guaranteed seed two through four can they have yep. four? yeah um so not much for tampa to play for but they probably want to head into the postseason at least with a win uh given where they're coming from um and they're at home and so that won't won't feel too good if they walk out there with a loss to carolina what do you think dan panthers at buccaneers um i actually could see the carolina panthers upsetting this because i can see tampa sitting everybody by halftime yeah um but i still that being said i'm going to take tampa bay at home carolina doesn't have a lot of piss and vinegar left uh in this season from what i can see so if they had beat the saints i'd be taking carolina against tampa bay but they didn't so i won't it's a late afternoon starting this one starting tampa at 325 so that'd be an interesting one to watch i think uh buccaneers should have this one no matter who's in there, um, who backs up Tom Brady? Um, it's the kid out of Florida, um, Kyle Trask. Okay, no, it's, uh, it's actually Blaine Gabbert, but I can see Kyle Trask getting this, getting the bulk oh, of the Blaine reps. Gabbert is there too, yeah. Um, they uh, when when Brady had it clinched in in New England, he was always in there, but that was Belichick's way, right? He just didn't rest, guys. No, but he would he would take him out in the second half. Okay, all right. So I'm just interested, yeah, if, if Brady is somebody who wants to be in there or not or wants to be rested. Um, yeah, but either way, I'm going to go Buccaneers. Panthers are a mess. Um, Matt Rule's job safe? We've been talking about it. I think Matt Rule's job safe just because there's so much money left, and you can lay a lot of this on injuries, especially to Christian McCaffrey. I think he's safe. I think they should have brought in a better GM. Uh, and I think that's the big issue is you, you can't have this college coach with all this power. Like, I know he's not technically the GM, but he's effectively the GM down there too. So, uh, um, yeah, that's that's the thing that bothers me a little bit. And, um, yeah, we'll just – I'm interested in see how the how far Buccaneers go uh, in the playoffs. We'll see how they look here in this last game heading into it. Uh, they should – 
I mean, however, when the starters are in there, they should play pretty comparable. Um, all right, let's talk about this game here in Buffalo. Another snow game we got to see. Bills beat the Falcons 29-15. Um, the Falcons brought Josh Allen down to earth here on another one of those ugly games. Three interceptions in this one. He did run two touchdowns in, um, but it was the Bills' defense that kind of won the game because the Falcons had a lead heading into halftime by a point, 15-14, five sacks, this game eliminated the Falcons and clinched the Bills for the playoffs. I'm worried about these Bills in the playoffs, man. Mm. Um, I mean, this was a home game. <laughs> this should have been a blowout. This should have been a homecoming game, and it was not. Um, I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous about the Bills going into this this playoffs. I think they might be a dead team walking because um, you can make Josh Allen make bad decisions. Like It was the knock we had on him coming out of college. And he fixed a lot of shit, fixed a lot of it mechanically, but he's playing hero ball right now, and that's a really good way for him to get in trouble. Yeah, um, late they realized, oh, we kind of need a run game, and just Josh Allen doesn't really work. So they're trying to get Singletary going, and the last two weeks it's kind of worked. But in the playoffs, I don't know, and it's not really the Bills' way, and it just feels kind of awkward. So that's the worry is that, yeah, Buffalo still kind of plays backyard football when they want to. I'm going to run, you know, Josh Allen going to run around. He's going to throw back across his body, going to find Stefan Diggs after, you know, just trying to keep a play alive. So in that aspect, yeah, that, it scares me that they'll be able to to win against the good, the really good teams here in the in the AFC. So we'll see. They gotta win the division first, though. That that's the biggest thing. They they gotta. They still haven't been able. The Patriots are hanging around, hanging around, and trying to keep them uh, honest. Bills need one more win to play at home. Otherwise, they're going on the road, and that one would be against the Jets. Uh, if the Bills can win with the Jets coming to town, they get to stay at home for the next week. What do you think, Dan? Feel pretty good about these Bills beating these Jets. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think this is a Bills runaway game. And, you know, as bad of a taste in your mouth as the Falcons must have left, this is a get-right game. You've got to go out there and beat this team. And you are playing for something. So I can see Josh Allen going out there the whole game and playing it. Um, They dominated them earlier in this year. It was November oh, yeah. 14th, 45-17. to 17. Yeah, the Jets were... Bunky last week there against Tampa Bay, but this these two teams know each other quite well. So, yeah, Bills should take it fine. They should win the division here. The one thing is is that the Bills do not have a chance for the first overall seed, but I believe the Patriots do if things broke the right way. Like if everybody lost, uh, the Patriots win some tiebreaker and, and can get the number one seed. But, you know, that would mean a... Um, Texans win, Broncos win, and uh, stuff that's not going to happen. That's tough. That's um, tough. So, but Buff- Buffalo should win this division with a win uh, at home against the Jets. Uh, here's here's one that is super interesting for next week. Saints at Falcons. We talked about this one already because the Saints are still alive. They need to win in Atlanta and have the Niners lose in L.A., it's a possibility. Uh, as I said, I'm picking Dan picked the Niners. In that case, the Saints would be out. But if I 
what I said goes with the uh, the Rams winning, then the Saints could get in. They just need to win this game. What do you think happens, Dan? Saints at Falcons. I think Atlanta beats them. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. I mean, I, I think Atlanta has been good enough in most of these games. Like, Atlanta has... They didn't get blown out by the Bills. I know the sc- final score wasn't great, um, but they were in it. They were in it with a much better team, and I don't know how much better the Saints are than the Falcons. I'm I'm giving this to a Falcons win. I I think the Saints are a better team than the Falcons. It's just this game is in Atlanta, and it's that NFC South late in the season, you know, dire teams. It just seems like that always happens with this division. So. Through this week, I've been going back and forth with this game too. This is another really close one, and I was like, "It just it." If I picked with my gut, I would pick Falcons. I don't want to. I want to pick with my head here. I want to be smart and say the Saints want it, right? The Saints are are playing for something, so the Saints should go out there and win it. So I will take the Saints. I feel like that's where the smart pick is. So I I can't go with my gut here, like. But, Dan, I, I applaud you for taking it, and I think it could happen, but I'll go Saints. I I am not playing close with the lead here. I am yeah. going out and making decisions that are strange. No, 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 it's not strange. These are good. These are fine picks. Um, all right. Uh, there's only one more game here from next week to talk about, and then we can ramp up and try to get us in this picture. Uh, the Titans beating up on the Dolphins, 34-3. to Dolphins needed it. Dolphins needed to shock uh, this Titans team one more time. Titans team still a little banged up, but didn't matter. They were in control of this one throughout. Uh, they were up 17-3 to at the half. Uh, Devon Foreman with a nice game, 132 yards just on the ground alone and a touchdown. Titans, with the win, clinch the AFC South. So the Dolphins got routed in this game pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Tua wasn't making good decisions. They couldn't get the run game going at all. The fact that the fucking Titans might get Derrick Henry back. Well, he's been cleared now, yeah. Oh, God. He might be coming back with relatively fresh legs to be in the second round of the playoffs with a home game in Tennessee in January. Fuck, man. God, this Titans team could be really, really dangerous. They did exactly what they were supposed to do against the Miami Dolphins. They ran the ball down their fucking throat, yeah. and they crushed them. Tannehill had less than 150 yards passing. He had less than 20 attempts. They didn't need it. This game was over. They just ran it down their fucking throat. They could technically do that to any team in the league, especially with Derrick Henry there. The fact that Deontay Foreman is being as good as he is is insane. That that he's going to be your spellback? God. I am afraid of the Tennessee Titans, dude. And good, should, but good season by the Dolphins. Good season by them. Good yeah. recovery. Oh, man, what a turnaround by the Dolphins. Uh, making something out of it. They ended up basically where they were last year, but it was such a a bad trip-up start of the season that you're like... And, and what we talk about, when we talked about the Dolphins' wins the last couple of weeks, it was all about their rookies. Um, Phillips, Holland... Uh, Waddle, they picked a good draft, as we've seen finally mm-hmm. at the end of this season. So we'll look for them next year. They, uh, well, let me lead into it. They get the Patriots this week. It's in Miami, though, where the Patriots always have a hard time in Miami. Um, but the Patriots need it. A win and a Bills loss would give them the AFC East. So if the Bills trip up against the Jets, the Patriots could get uh, could get a home game. Otherwise, they'd be the wild card. 
So this is another one of those games that's kind of tough because if Buffalo's in a tight game with the Jets, and I think Buffalo's going to beat the Jets, and I think they could beat them very soundly, I'm going to pick Miami to win this one because I think New England's going to take their foot off the gas if they see that Buffalo's got a resounding lead against the Jets. Mm. Um, it just it seems like this is going to be a case of scoreboard watching. So if the if Buffalo's got a three-score lead and you're in halftime, I don't see them really trotting out the rookie Although Belichick loves to throw his guys to the Wolves, I can see Miami winning this one, but it's going to be very, very close. Yeah, this is one of those two. That could very well happen. Um, Given that the Patriots still have something to play for and the game's happening at the same time, the Patriots will come out there and they'll be trying. So they'll get the win on the road. I think they're a better team than the Dolphins. They'll take that one. This is where, I mean, as much as you think, like, Dan, yeah, we have a handful here that are different, but um, in my history of, like, picking games against my brother and stuff like that, I've been notoriously losing at the end of the seasons because (laughs) I don't know when it comes down to teams not trying, when it comes down to teams resting and backups going in, I just don't have a feel for it. So, yeah, (laughs) we'll see here. That's what's going on in that one. Um I wanted to get that pick out of the way because let's talk about the tech, the Titans. Uh, the Titans, like you said, can be the number one seed if they win in Houston this week. They got It's in Houston, so it's not a guarantee. The te- Texans have been spunky themselves lately, honestly. Um, they didn't – they weren't a pushover for the Niners in San Francisco. Um, but a Titans team with a – yeah, with a week off to get – Derrick Henry ready even if he doesn't play this week which he's he's cleared to come off of IR so he can start yeah. practicing does not mean they have to put him in the game if they don't think they need him so we'll see that but uh then he'll be ready for playoffs you can be sure of that and that's the scary thing you're right the Titans are very scary because they are a team that has had some success in past playoffs so they've been there and they know what it takes so I could certainly see them making a run here uh and they would be a you know one of those that the chiefs would have a real problem with and chiefs would probably have to go into tennessee to do it because i'm like you i'm i, I assume like you said it picking the titans to win uh absolutely the the titans lost to the texans already at home oh that's i think they're right gonna, they're gonna go back and they're gonna repay this favor now they should have beat they should have beat the Texans uh, in their last game. It was just turnovers. They were they threw four interceptions. That's One, the only two, way the Titan, the Texans win this game is if they force five turnovers like they did without forcing any of their own. So I don't think that's happening. I think Tennessee's just too good. I think Tennessee needs to win this game. And so this isn't a trap game. This is, hey, let's tune this up before we go on our one-week break and get Derrick Henry back. Yeah, the uh... – for as spunky as the Texans have been looking, they haven't been winning those games. So tight, Titans will take care of this. They get that number one seed. That is huge for them to get. They're not going to trip up here. Uh, they'll take that one. All right, so those are the picks for the week. Those are all of them that we went through. I think it ends up, Dan. We're not picking different. I mean, we're only off by two games here. You are at 164. I'm at 162. But I think this week we have four or five different. Oh yeah, this if uh, we we will not go quiet into this good night. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a, a a fun final week for picks. 
And um, I don't know if many of these are going to change like they had the last few weeks due to the COVID stuff because we are already looking at a lot of backups and stuff like that in any ways. It kind of come down to bragging rights in a lot of these games as it is. So I don't know. We'll see uh, if any of these change as the weeks go. I, I, I leave it open because we, we've been uh, we've been um, – we keep it flexible. That. Yeah. Yeah, we keep it flexible with all this COVID bullshit. Yeah, we have to. Um, but anyways, so it's time for week 18. The very first week 18. We'll see how this goes. Uh, we're already into the second week, uh, weekend of January, and the regular season isn't over yet. It's interesting. It's, it's certainly uh, something new, but why argue with more football? <laughs> That's a good point, sir. Um, so I got some crazy stats for you. All right, we already did the TJ Watt one, um, and then I've got a couple others here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, if he does retire this year, as it seems like he will, he will end his career without a losing season. Really impressive, honestly. Like the fact that Mike Tomlin, as a coach, has never had a losing record for fifteen seasons. Right? That's that's crazy. Although Ben Roethlisberger's best season. Statistically, his rookie season. Uh, in terms of record, they were 15-1. and one. He never repeated it. Yeah. Damn. And then uh, finally, Tom Brady's going to finish the season with the passing uh, record. Or record. The passing, uh, uh, the win, you know, most yards for this season at 44 years old. Because he's 348 yards and two touchdowns ahead of second place Matthew Stafford. God, he's going to come back next year, isn't he? God damn it. I mean, he's not showing a reason not to right now. I know. It's just it's getting old. <laughs> it, him him, and all this is getting is he, old. Is he going to go for 250 wins? Is that what he's aiming for? Oh, how far away is he? I didn't know. His career record, he has 242 Jeez. wins. Um, but I think in the playoffs, he's probably got 300 so he might be looking for 300 total lifetime wins. Yeah, at Maybe. this point, you know, he's gotten all those other records that uh, Breeze was holding on to and stuff, so I don't know what he's what he's chasing anymore. I don't know if he's chasing anything other than just, I'm going to do it until my arm falls off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like padding stats. That's the craziest part. Yeah. Uh, but those are my crazy stats. Dan, you got to leave us here with some parting words of wisdom. If you're ever having issues with your boss, um, it's always good to document it, uh, remain calm, try to put as much stuff into emails, um, depending on your state, if your state has, uh, you know, single party authorization for uh, recording devices, feel free to record your conversations. But one of the things to not do if you're having problems with your boss is rip your shirt off and then storm off the field and make a big show of it for every one of your coworkers. Generally, whether you're right or wrong, it's going to paint you like a crazy asshole. So just a little word of advice to anybody that may need that in the future. Don't pull an Antonio Brown. Just document shit and uh, see if you can get some unemployment. Yeah, that's very good advice. You got to take that. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, let's wrap up this season, shall we? Let's see who's uh, the rest of these teams heading in the postseason and all of those matchups we're going to get here for Wild Card Weekend. Three games on Saturday. Three games on Sunday. I mean, get ready, Dan. Can't wait. 
Can't wait. Gotta have it. Uh, so enjoy the final week of the regular season, especially if this is the last time you get to watch your team, as it is for a lot of us. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you next for the playoffs. Goodbye. Goodbye.